This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. As always, just to speak to our hearts this morning. And um, hopefully I will be sharing something that will lay the foundation for us for 2019. Um, yes, so let me just start. Um, I'd like to read a quite a well-known scripture from Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. So I'm the the title of the sermon this morning is um, "Grow in Grace." Uh, so let me read that scripture, and then I'll just give a bit of context. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So we see here that Jesus asks his disciples a, probably a bit of a trick question, because you know we, we sometimes we forget the context, but the Jews were waiting for a Messiah. And they had, a, they had a full expectation that this Messiah would come and would free them from Roman oppression. That was their greatest felt need. I know many of us are sitting here this morning and you have a felt need. Am I right? <laughs> you, have, you have some or other need and, and, and that is a great need. And, and your hope on God is to recognize that need and to do something about that need. They were oppressed. The Jews are always being oppressed, as we all know, throughout history and still. And that was the, the great need. And, and, and then some people recognized Jesus as the Messiah and some didn't. But nobody was ever really very sure. <laughs> and, and we know that when Jesus went to the cross, Peter drew his sword and he, he, he actually cut off a man's ear which my boys think is the most exciting thing that ever happened in the whole of the New Testament. <laughs> and um, he, he, he was, they, they were willing to go to war. There was, they, they, they needed to be freed from this oppression. And, and then Jesus was crucified, which was obviously extremely confusing to them, even though he told them they didn't get it, they didn't understand it. And then they all ran away with very good reason. <laughs> Let's not judge them. We would, 
most of us would run. I'm, I'm sure I would run because they were afraid because many Jews were crucified. So they were afraid to also be crucified. And only John, the beloved disciples, actually stayed at the cross. And, and then, um, then Jesus uh, is being risen again, as we know. And then just before he goes up to heaven... They ask him, are you now going to restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> are you now going to do it? They did not understand. It wasn't clear to them. Even though Jesus said many things to them. And then when he finally left and the, the Holy Spirit, the comforter came in tongues. And, and, and then everything changed for them. And the first church was birthed. So this is the bit of, of, of context. But before all of this happened... Jesus is with his disciples and he says to them, Who am I? And they are not sure how to answer him. It's not obvious to them. And then Peter comes with the right answer. <laughs> you know that good feeling when a difficult question is being asked and you got that right answer. <laughs> so Peter comes and he says, and, and, and I imagine him saying it's, it's quite a bit of boldness. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says a profound thing. And I want to speak about that this morning. Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. What you told me just now, this revelation that you have, did not come from you. That is why you are blessed. And then towards the end of this piece of scripture, he says, and I will give you the keys. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. So we are at the beginning of a new year. Some of us are really excited. I'm sure some of us feel a little bit overwhelmed. I, I certainly feel a, a little bit overwhelmed with, 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 with this year and, and everything that it will bring. And this is something that we need to understand. And I'm speaking about grace this morning and our relationship with God. And this is the first thing that I want to say. We need... To get a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Simon had the right answer because it was revealed to him by Jesus says, by my Father in heaven. And, and then Jesus says, and because this revelation that I am the Christ, that I am the Son of God, my church will be built on this revelation. And the gates of hell, which is powerful, Satan and his demons are powerful. I'm sure you can all agree with me. We experience it in our lives. <laughs> Will not prevail against this revelation. Firstly, we need to understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And secondly, we need to understand whatever your personal situation is, you need a revelation from God. Does that make sense? 
Now, the longer I live, and I haven't been alive for that long. <laughs> some people here have been alive quite a bit longer than me, and, and, and some uh, quite a bit shorter. But the longer I serve the Lord, the more I realize that I need to seek His face and run after His heart for Him to give me the revelations that I need for my life, for my family, for my calling. I cannot build my life. We just sang, I build my life on your love. I'm going to speak about this a little bit more. I cannot build my life on someone else's revelation. I cannot build my life on anything but that which God reveals to me. I know some people who go to church every Sunday, who read their Bible every day, but they never get the real revelation. <laughs> it can be done. It's called religion. <laughs> but nothing really ever changes. And something that I have learned is there's a place where I see God's face. And he reveals to me what I need to know for my life. And from that safe space, I live outwardly, if that makes sense. From that safe space. It will make more sense as I speak. Now, most of us know the story. Peter is the man of the moment. He has this revelation. And then Jesus has the last... Um, breaking bread and drinking wine with his disciples before he goes to the cross. And then he says, and most of us know the story, then he says, one of you will deny me. <laughs> and with that same kind of boldness, Peter says, well, that's not me. I will never, <laughs> I will never do such a thing. And then what happens? Jesus is is hanging on the cross and there's Peter confronted with the truth that he indeed was one of the followers of this Jesus and fearing for his very life and 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 three people ask him and three times he says no I do not know that man that that Jesus I I have I, I've got I have nothing to do with him and the cock crows and I believe that was the lowest point of his life. <laughs> I believe that that was, could not have been, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I think probably it could have been the lowest point in Peter's life. This bold man, this, 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 he was so confident just in his, in his conviction and, and, and he had this revelation. He had this divine revelation. There's something that the Holy Spirit revealed to him that was not revealed to the rest. One would think that he would be there at the cross. But no. <laughs> he failed big time. And I think there's a profound lesson in this. Now listen to this wonderful scripture. You know, I read the scripture... And from Mark 16, verse 7. And I think God, if you say you are not a, you don't favor man. In other words, you love all of us equally. If you could do this for Peter, then surely you can do this for me. Now listen, Jesus is risen. And he, 
he says to the woman, but go tell his disciples and Peter, especially tell Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Go and tell Peter that I have risen. Why would he do that? Why would he say that? <laughs> Even before Peter had the opportunity to say, God, I'm such a failure. <laughs> God, I'm such a... Uh, that, was, that was just the worst thing ever. Before he even had the chance to do it, Jesus affirms the identity of Peter. I really believe, I really, and, and this should comfort many of us, if you can also believe it. Maybe you don't. You don't have to agree with everything that I say. But I really believe that God has a lot of purpose with our low points, with our failures, with our weaknesses. And sometimes there's a profound event in our lives like this for Peter and sometimes it's just a daily battle with the same thing. I'm sure everybody here can relate. I believe that before Peter could become the apostle that he did to this day known to millions of people, a powerful man, before he could pursue that, he had to fail and die to self so that he could find his identity in Jesus. And Jesus confirmed his identity. Jesus said, go and tell Peter. There's a million things in this little sentence. <laughs> Peter, I'm not angry at you. Peter, I have forgiven you. Peter, I believe in you. Peter, I have a call on your life. Peter, I want you to go places for me. Peter, I, I have so much in store for you. Because now you can put your trust in me. Because you will fail. <laughs> you will fail. And there's a purpose to that. We battle to understand grace. Because we are forever performance orientated. We battle to understand it. And I think we would run so much faster. We would be so much more effective in our lives if we could understand that there is so much grace. If we would only recognize it, lift our heads and carry on. You know, my prayer for, 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 for myself and for, for my family and, and, and probably for all of us for 2019 is that we will not look back. Jesus says, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of my kingdom. That's quite a harsh statement. Why does he say that? Because he died for us not to look back. <laughs> 
He gave His life. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us not to look back. Stop looking back. It's not what we are called to do. And when we do look back, look at those failures, look at those, those events as profound. <laughs> See it as profound and thank God for it. Worship Him for it. Because it changes us into the image of Christ. Let me read the next scripture in Galatians, which is um, a scripture that we all probably learned as children even. My, many of us who grew up in a church. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know, I have learned many lessons from raising children. <laughs> I'm sure every parent here will nod their heads <laughs> and say yes. It's, it's mostly a humbling process and, and, and there's a lot to learn. <laughs> we think we know and then we don't. That's why we read books and do all these things because it's not always so easy. And, and, and I mostly rely on the Holy Spirit, to be honest. I don't even read any books. But that's just not relevant now. I have learned that my children are very much like us, like me and my husband. Very much. If I talk with food in my mouth, they talk with food in their mouths. If I say a little ugly word when I hurt my toe, then they say that ugly little word when they hurt something. If I... Um, scream at them they scream at each other or they scream at the dogs <laughs> if we are loving and kind and patient they are loving and kind and patient obviously not on our level because they are just children but this is what I have learned and you know that scripture came to mind that says when you see him speaking about God you will be like him. Now our children see us and they become like us. If there is a child in our home that has no manners, I tend to get very irritated with a lack of manners. <laughs> Please and thank you is very high on my priority list. If there is a child that, 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 that does not have these manners, I must always remind myself what they were not taught, they will not know. What was not modeled to them, they will not be able to follow. It was never modeled to them. And that is why parenting is such a daunting task, because actually it is in many ways like a mirror. And I'm not speaking about children who are grown up and make their own decisions. I don't believe it is that mirror anymore. I'm speaking about children in our homes who are still very much under our influence. We had a, a wonderful family holiday. We were so privileged to do it just now. Just We turned back on Friday. And there were nine children all together. And I was just amazed at the level of love and harmony and peace between the nine children. Because all the parents of those nine children model to them everything that is needed for a peaceful family holiday. <laughs> And what I have realized is the more we see God, just like our children, the more they see us, 
the more they become like us, it's not, it's not even, it's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And, 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 and I realize the more we see God, the more we become like Him. And the more we become like Him, the more we bear these fruit that we just read about. And it just simply comes by that word abiding, by, 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 by seeing Him. And how do we see Him? We see Him by revelation. And this is always difficult to explain. <laughs> this is always difficult to explain. But I always say, if you don't experience God, if you don't experience the Holy Spirit, how will you even know Him? You and I, we need to experience Him. How do we experience Him? Actually, it's quite simple, <laughs> in my opinion. We spend time with Him. We sit, we speak to Him, we sing to Him, we worship Him, we read His Word, and from that we receive something. And there are things that we, that, 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 that we believe God is sharing with us that we should do. Different for all of us. And then we need to go out and all how we should be. And then we go out and we, we, we put it to practice. We put it to practice. And then sometimes we fail. Often we fail. <laughs> and sometimes we feel like I, I, I never, I'm, I'm so confused. But you know what? You need, we, need to, we need to move. <laughs> we need to go. We need to, to go in obedience. Rather, rather be wrong and make a mistake. But you are going somewhere than going nowhere. We don't experience God if we don't put to practice what we feel called to. Does that make sense? We, we, we go out and we do what the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do. And so what if we make mistakes? So what if we fail? So what? <laughs> God is much bigger. Ooh, it's 10 o'clock. I had a, a young lady that contacted me the other day, and I won't say too much because I don't want to expose her because it's, she's still working through this thing that she feels God is calling her to. But she's a single lady, and she says to me, I believe that God told me to go to a very remote place and to plant a church. Just She's one person. She says, I believe God says to me, that the people are already there and uh, she, she had this whole thing that she, you know, and, 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 and I, I listened to this, she's young, she's in her 20s and I, I had a bit of a of a um, benoda umlik, <laughs> I was thinking sure, is, is this right, is this good what would be good uh, advice now from a, a little bit slightly older person like me with a little bit more experience and I said, God, please tell me how to respond to this and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me she has so much faith. She's putting herself out there. Do not discourage her. <laughs> Support her. If she makes a mistake, so what? Do you know why some people seem to be so much closer than God, to God 
than others. In, once again, uh, my opinion, don't, don't, you don't have to agree with everything that I say, is because they, 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 they get out of the boat and they walk on the water. They get out of the boat and they walk on the water. If you, that thing, if, if, if we keep on praying and reading and praying and reading, but we never leave the room, it means nothing. Unless you are called to intercession and you spend hours in intercession, but still there will come a time when you have to leave your room and go and act on those prayers. Go and act on those words and take the fear and give it to God. His grace is enough. And you know, what does it, why do we care so much what people think and what people say? We only need to please God. I regret so often rather listening to people than to God. May I say that? And I know there's a fine line. I know we need wisdom from older people and more experienced people. And I know all these things. But there comes a time when it is just you and me and God. And we need to obey Him. And if, 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 if you fail, if people criticize, it's not about that. <laughs> we should be brave. Because God's grace is bigger than people's opinions. God's grace is bigger than, than people's criticism. Let me read the next scripture. From 2 Peter 3 verse 18. And this is where this, the title of the sermon comes from. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a divine knowledge. You know, God said about the, when, when, when Israel was enslaved in Egypt as slaves, God said, I know the sorrow of my people. That is the same word for when it says, and Adam knew Eve and she conceived. There is an, there's, there's an intimate knowledge that God has about every single individual here. And He wants us to have that same intimate knowledge of Him. And when we have that knowledge, it comes by seeking His face. It comes by choosing to obey Him regardless the cost. <laughs> It comes by that. And then when it happens, we grow in grace because we learn. When I fall, let me read the next scripture, Galatians 5 verse 4. You have become, you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Here's the thing. When I fall, I need to fall into grace <laughs> I need to fall into grace not from grace religion replaces grace religion says you have to do this that and the other you have to do it in this way you have to you have to you have to you should not you should not you have to you have to 
And then, and, and, and then Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? <laughs> who bewitched you? You are foolish. Now you want to go and be circumcised. Rather circumcise your heart. <laughs> Let your heart be circumcised. Let God come and turn your heart around. Let God come and reveal himself to you. It does not always come in a wonderful revelation. I think none of us here or few of us here have seen an angel appearing in our room and bringing the revelation. <laughs> Usually and mostly it comes in the day-to-day -day battle of navigating our way finding our journey with God and it's not necessarily it's all about the destination but it's also not about the destination it is about here and now and today it's today and today God today I'm going to ask you to reveal to me what I need to know for today and I'm going to live by that revelation and it's never perfect it's never, hardly ever really clear. <laughs> but it is an adventure. As I said just earlier, we sang that song just now. I built my life upon your love. You know what I've learned after being in church, which has been chauffeur, since 1995 how many 25 years or whatever there's, there, there, there was there's been so much knowledge I have I gained so much knowledge in this church I, I know so much in my head but the only knowledge that ever changed me ever was that which changed my heart that's the only knowledge that ever changed me <laughs> and this is the thing blessed are you Simon Bar Jonah because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven and you know what God is asking from us is not easy have you learned that <laughs> it's not easy it's it's, I want, let me say it's almost always difficult. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to follow God wholeheartedly. It takes a lot of courage. And many, many people lack that courage. Let's not be them. <laughs> Let's be brave in 2019 up until the day that we die. And follow God. And when we fall, which we will often, we fall into grace. We don't fall into the hands of the enemy. Nothing can touch us if we are following God wholeheartedly. Nothing can touch us. Let me read the last scripture from John 13, uh, 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. The first teacher. This is very important. The first teacher is the Holy Spirit. It's not a pastor or a preacher or a mother or a father or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife or a friend. It is the Holy Spirit. That is the first teacher. Do not make the mistake of looking to people to be the first and foremost teacher in your life and in my life. Let it be the Holy Spirit. And He will teach us all things. And yes, He will use people. <laughs> and He will bring to remembrance whatever it is that we need to know and to have and to 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 apply for our lives. We, um, I'm not sure, was it now that we sang a song where we were, I'm not sure now. Yes, we did. I can't remember the words now, but just referring to the fact that we are going to spend an eternity with Jesus. You know, these apostles, Peter and, and, and Anna Manna, <laughs> And all the women and all those who were following Jesus, they were persecuted, they were tortured, they were, they were driven from, from, from the, the spaces where they lived, they were fleeing. And they were, they, they, they were longing, longing, longing for the day of Jesus' return. They were longing for Him to return. Sometimes, you're, sometimes, and I know there are people here who will understand this, and blessed are you if you do not understand this, blessed are you. But sometimes life is so hard and so painful that we understand that longing. I don't know if anybody, I, I know some relate here. That we understand that longing. But it brings us to a place where we surrender and we open up more and more and more for the Holy Spirit to have His way. And my prayer for us for 2019 <laughs> is that we will acquire the real knowledge, the knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit for our lives. And that we will know him. And that we will be brave. Because he is with us. Until that day when we stand before him. I cannot wait for that day. <laughs> I cannot wait for that day when we stand before him. And he says, man, you did well. Look there. You were so, it, it was so hard. But look at you. <laughs> You were seeking my face and you finished your journey and you did well. And when you fell, you fell into grace because there is grace. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. 
Go to www.chevronline.tv to download and share.